welcome. What's going on? It's a girl tie here, which stands for Together, Individual, and Team. Okay, so today I am in the last, uh, well, not the last, last chapter. I'm just talking about the final chapter of the five chapter preview from book one, Gilded Rose. And that is written by Emma Hamm. Uh, basically, this five chapter preview has been a privilege uh, and an honor just to make this work. Um, but like I said, I'm going to do a five chapter preview on the two other books, which are Emerald Rose and Midnight Rose. If you want to get those books yourself, they're on Amazon. And basically, you can also get the audio version on Amazon. But they do not come together. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're going to get into the final five chapter preview of Gilded Rose. So chapter five. And as usual, I'm going to make it a little more creative by playing fantasy music. Trust me, it's always unique. When, if you're reading a fantasy book like me, I suggest like, and I'm serious, I'm, I suggest reading fantasy music when you're reading a fantasy book. It, it's pretty interesting. Here we go. Her heart thundered in her chest and her lungs heaved for even as her vision swore. With dark spots, they were coming for her, hunting her like nothing more than prey. Satan was catching her in their car. The pattering sound of her footsteps was too loud, even into her own ears. Satan would find her, and she didn't hide and tuck herself into another nook or cranny, and hopefully find a few moments of peace, moments to figure out how in she would get out of the chateau and out into the forest once more. Fire. Before she hadn't lost her torch, Amisha raced into the kitchen, catching herself on the door. Just before she slammed into the wall, she turned and closed the door behind her. The loud click of the door handle was the pound of a nail in her coffin. She heard the sound. The hunger growls followed. The clicks of their nails on the floor and the soft touch on their wings beating at the air. She spun on her heel and pressed her back against the solid wood. There would there was no lock. She only had a few heartbeats to save herself. She you know, could turn she could run out near the back door and into the snow once more. But the chateau had a little cover from the side and they would find her she bolted. They would hunt her from above as where they had in her own village. Right. He might be with them. Perhaps and she wouldn't even be able to recognize him. Didn't mean he, the people who were still alive? Certainly not. She had burned the city to the ground like her father was destructed. No one really could have survived that. She must have caught him before she spilled the razors and taken away their chances of turning another people into monsters. Not a guilt that had been turned her stomach for so long. Let's just say, for so long, it was now at least. She understood why her father had been so set in when this must happen. She understood why her father had been so set this must happen. For people who would have died a horrible death either way, at least with the fire. The fire of their sound had burned away, clean and pure, 
She shook her head and then stepped away from the door. Her father had not raised a daughter who would freeze in fear. The back door wasn't an option, but Osha chose such as this hid many secrets, perhaps passages allowing the servants to move easier. All she had to do was find one before the creature found her. And trust me, this is unbelievable where it is now. If she would write, then she would live you more moments as a feeling. She wasn't. A shiver trail in the damn spine, like one of the dragons had run their nails down her back. If she was wrong, then in her life as in the she knew it, the deep, you would cease to. But her body would continue on. She ran to the wall, where all the cotton may have hung, then swept her finger over the stones. There had to be something or some hidden latch that you could pull or a button that she pushed and reveal the chateau's mysteries. The pounding of the feet and the creatures passed the door, their claws scraped under the ground as they moved, but it was the thud and slint of a wing hitting the kitchen door that made her flinch. They had passed in by the servant, quarters for now, a small blessing that wouldn't last for very long. Her shoulders hooked in her pants, it swung on its hook, and each swing was a clock ticking down to her last breath until the spell was dropped. The stone floor, the clanging of the warm with dread, there she was, she froze, but already knew that she had a little of her time no more. A call. She sounded in her through the hallway beyond me, and the hunt changed in the direction. The door falls forward as something in Hit it in her front on the other side. Music dropped onto her hands and knees, then crawled underneath the table and was below the parking pattern. She pulled herself as tight in her empty chair, wishing that there was more room and just a few baskets full of rotten vegetables to hide behind. Please, if there is anyone listening, please help me. The door in her locked it in her forward again. This time, the wood was flaring in a clawed hand, reached in her through the gap, and a yellow eye stared in her through the warfare. It rotated wildly in the socket until it settled on her. Their gaze was in the rock in the eye disappeared as more and more of the creatures clustered around the opening. She had only moments of control remaining over her own body, of knowing she was still herself. Misha and her shifted backward again, pushing in with her heel until her batten hit the wall. A small click echoed in her ear, and a tiny inner panel in the wall opened underneath the table. She held her breath surely. This wasn't something the servants had used. It was only large enough for a child to fit through, or a small woman who was thin enough to fly through. The time in this thing had already passed, and she drove forward and shoved the panel and stove in gave away beneath her hand, allowing her to push it open and try to it on her belly. She pulled herself into the narrow tunnel beyond. She could just barely remain in cash for once and she slipped through the narrow opening, stone on either side and pressed against her, side of the stone from above, touched her head and back. But it was enough room slithered through in the walls. She kicked out in the other foot behind. 
behind her and touched the loose stone. That you had opened the panel, the rock was slid back into the place as one of the doors shattered, and the creature burst into the room, a niche and moved. A heavy net in which fire was filled the strange tunnel. Their gossamer threads and her clung to her hair, sucked through the lips and face, entangled in a long length of skirt trailing behind her. The many-legged spire skittered along with her arms and vast angry. She had so carefully destroyed them, their hard work. She choked the whimpers in her throat, swallowing. Whimpers and tail they washed in her chest like Hand over hand, she dragged herself through the small tunnel in the wall until it opened. And here was space between rooms. The hanging area, the servants in their might have brought in food, drinks, or messages to came from the nobility, who had gorged themselves to find dining with solitude. And she strained her bones, aching in the adult team of eight years in just a few moments. Fear had drained on from her body, leaving behind nothing but an empty hut. She didn't know what to do. Her father, Remy, and little Mark. Where did she have left it now? Just herself, the breath of her lungs, and the knowledge that her father would never have wanted her to give up. Keep on living, he had once told her. When the darkness closes in on you, that is the only way you can defeat it. Continue to live in, in defiance of the, all the shadows want to take you from you. Keep the light inside you, your chest burning. And so, that was all she had. All she continued in doing. Amisha blew out the breath. The space wasn't large, but there was enough room to breathe without feeling. The stone was closing in on her. Beams crossed above her head and disappearing into the shadows and weighed down with so many cobwebs. She could hardly imagine how many spiders called their place their home. Skin silver light were filtered through small holes. In the walls where the servants might have watched in the nobles. In the days when the chateau had been more splendorous. Then haunting. A few square stones were missing from their place, so she had to duck underneath them or the dread might see her. She brushed the cobwebs from her shoulders and moved forward gingerly, each step that she chose with careful precaution. As she already made enough mistakes for the night, Amisha reached up and brushed aside a thick blanket of web, only to find herself at a crossroads. There were three different tunnels, each one leading to an opposite direction. She couldn't make her way in out of the checkpoint now. They would certainly for her outside as well as within, which meant she needed to find some kind of safe nest and give herself a few moments of peace. She didn't know what kind of safe place she could make. With the spiders crawling in the in their home, long legs flashing along the ceiling floor. A few other skitters suggested there were rats. Anisha crawled hard. Rats were among the creatures. The tiny brushes, the tiny feet, always found themselves in the stone room. At her father's home, 
she'd always refuse to kill them, no matter what the process her father was working on. It doesn't matter, she told herself, she could come out into the water and each other. Turning right, she made her way down the hall and then it went into the one she would just left. This place was a labyrinth, and she could find herself lost if she wasn't careful. She caught her foot on a loose stone and nearly tumbled forward, letting her lip against the sun during pain. She leaned against the wall, and Misha reached down to rub her toes, only to realize her hand embraced against the stone was touching, not just a textured rock, but a pattern. Stooping alone, she stared at the small marker. It was a bunch of grapes. Crudely near a gun, yes, but it was grapes. With a small arrow pointing into the left, back down. Touching not just texture, rock but a pattern. Stooping low, she stared at the small marker. It was a bunch of grapes, finally done. Yes, but it was great, and with a small arrow pointing to the left, back down the hall and from which in the kitchen. Clever, the grapes must be a direction for the kitchens, which meant she could look for another clue to see where she was going. Wind whistled down the tunnels, ending in a low moan. The hairs on her arms rose. She could see in the throat the faint moonlight. Spider webs and hadn't been disturbed in years. But that didn't mean that she still wasn't afraid of the spirit. And mm, that walked in her being called. I mean, she straightened and continued down the tunnel. She stopped herself. She didn't know where it was she was going or why she had chosen this route. But she could find out where it meant. A small amount of information to satisfy the curiosity that still sat in her chest. Even now, she could feel the dim light of her soul glow, better in the direction of a puppet. Father curiosity, she thought, as she walked through the walls, mother bravely, if you dream of the future, uncle kindness. She listened all the things that made her the person she was, the things in which she could never forget. All the traits she had taken from her. Family and love had turned in turned her into the way she was. All the things that made her stronger. Not just the last woman in the world. In the next full way meeting, the turtles held three new symbols. A book, a diamond ring, and a pressing ring. A major promise for time. The book must be a marker for the library, which she would greatly enjoy seeing if the circumstances were different. But she knew. If she went, she would give up. It was better to die doing something that she loved, such as reading a book, but then hiding in the walls like a mouse. She simply wasn't ready to die yet. The diamond ring stumped her, although she supposed it could be a symbol for one of the nobles who had lived here. She didn't want to find a room and sleep in, for that could only end the same way as the library. She would sniff her out, which meant the only option was the moon. She the strangest symbol of them all. Breathing out a low breath, she kicked webs out of her hair, and she traveled straight forward and followed the markers of the moon. Strangely, she came to a set of stairs, the spiral staircase she had seen better days. 
There were small graves, and each of the steps were thousands of footsteps had worn the stone into a deep, different shape. Somehow, that was the most reassuring thing Hoshi had seen in this place yet. This chateau was not cursed. It had once been a place of the living, a home where people had walked through these walls and the surf. Those are they worked for. This was a place in which to live in. The dragon had destroyed the world, and he should reach out with a hand and pressed it against the wall when it had been smoothed for thousands of years, shedding themselves. Her fingers caught on the smallest of carvings, among the others, E plus S, a rough letter perhaps. Smiling, she made her way onto the dark staircase. The light faded behind her until she couldn't even see her hand. There it rested, but she continued taking her way into the blackness and focusing on her dreaming. Finally, she turned the corner. The light assaulted her eyes. She blinked against the face. A brightness lifting in that hand to shield herself from the gleaming moonlight. She looked down at the dust and then the covered skirts only to see a rainbow of colors cast upon a warm fabric. What? She whispered, stepping into the most beautiful room she had ever seen in her life. White marble pillars stood at attention, one after the other, against the wall where they had been carved, into tree trunks where leaves on them might have been. Stained glass stretched on the floor of the ceiling, and frequently placed glass shards made of it looked like a hundred colors decorated each individual tree. It was a forest of glass and stone, man-made and yet so beautiful that it rivaled nature itself. Jaw agape. She stepped into the room and pressed her hands against her mouth, but her body wasn't deaf. Somehow not acknowledging the artistic achievement of the room, felt sacrilegious. The room was empty. No furniture, no painting, nothing more than glass stone. And the moonlight filtering through the false leaves. And yet the, this room was the first she had seen and that did not appear to have fallen into the stair. Exhausted, nearly swallowed her whole. She was still tired, her limbs aching, perhaps for a few moments. She could rest her head here. Amisha made her way into the farthest corner, close where the servants. Stairs began to cur and curl up into the ball on the cold marble floor. Tomorrow she would investigate this place. Further tomorrow she would find out why these creatures were in the chateau. And perhaps if they had more of her people hidden away tomorrow, but no sooner. All right, so that was chapter five, our final five chapter preview for Book one, Gilded Rose by Emma Hay Oops, excuse me. <laughs> now remember, if you want to read these books yourself, you can purchase them on Amazon. Gilded Rose, book two is Emerald Rose, book three is Midnight Rose. You can also find the audio on Amazon as well. And teachers, here's a little tip. If you want to give your English class an assignment, how about giving them an assignment for doing a book report about a retelling fairy tale like these three Rose Trilogy books, which this one is a retelling of Beauty and the Beast. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. So this is Ty saying, get into a good book and enjoy reading. Bye.